Let's pray together. Lord, I pray that you will use the words of my lips to speak your message to our hearts. In the name of Christ. Amen. Jesus taught using pictures people understood. He spoke about farmers sowing seeds and getting anxious about the harvest. He spoke about a woman that worried about losing some of her housekeeping money. He spoke about men catching fish, workers arguing about their pay, and children playing and falling out with one another. And people understood these everyday stories. In today's reading, we find the theme of shepherding. It's a theme that runs through much of the Bible. Sheep keeping was big business in, Holy, in the Holy Land. Sheep were needed for their wool, for sacrifices in the temple, and for meat, especially at Passover time. And many characters in the Bible became shepherds. We think of Jacob, Moses, and Amos for a start. And the people that Jesus taught would have been very familiar with this theme running through their scriptures. They would have understood that much of this teaching wasn't about sheep in the fields, but about people, and in particular, God's chosen people. If you share in these Sunday morning services regularly, uh, you may see the live chat where we can make comments as we go through the service. And every morning, one of our congregation, Judith Mitchell, uh, shares a quotation from Psalm 100. We are the sheep of his pasture. The term sheep was often applied to God's people. And the designation shepherds was widely applied in the ancient world to great leaders and in the scriptures to religious leaders. So the people who listened to Jesus would easily picture the kind of shepherding scenes that Jesus was painting, and they would have understood the more symbolic nature of his language about sheep and shepherds. Just want to pick out three strands briefly from that passage in John's Gospel. First of all, Jesus underlines how vulnerable sheep are. They easily get lost and they can't protect themselves. That's true of sheep. It's certainly true of people. Back in November, I bought a few books to read in the impending lockdown. I certainly had my ex-prison chaplain's hat on when I bought one of them. It's a story of one of our serial killers in the UK written by a reporter who not only followed the case, but also was invited by the person eventually convicted of these crimes to share something of his thinking through many conversations. Halfway through reading the book, I have to admit that I regretted buying it. It made such grim reading. It tells of a man who committed 15 murders over a period of four years, and it goes into gruesome details about the way in which he used the bodies after he'd killed them. But when I'd finished reading, I realized that there was one thing that struck me even more forcibly than the horror of multiple murders and the feeling of disgust about the abuse and disposal of dead bodies. What shook me most deeply was the, the fact that these victims, all of them except one, were young men who were not even reported as being missing. And they represent that part of our society which is underneath the radar screen, not noticed, not named, sometimes not registered for the many things that we have to be registered for, and certainly not loved. 
it's a sad reality that many people can drop off the edge of the world and not be missed. It makes this teaching about Jesus being the good shepherd so relevant and vital. If you happen to be sharing this service this morning and feeling that you're a bit of a lost soul, I want to say to you, you may be lost to others, but you're not lost to God. Second strand in this passage is that the wonderful claim that Jesus makes about being the good shepherd. Jesus had a nose for the lost sheep. Follow him on his day, daily journeys and notice how he picked up those who were no longer on the radar screen of the general population. A demented man who lived in a graveyard. A woman ostracized by others because of her dubious morals and who had to go and draw water at a well when nobody else was around. A beggar shouting from the roadside, left behind by the crowd. And many others. Jesus made a point of finding those who were lost socially and spiritually. And before long, it becomes very clear how costly this calling is. Jesus speaks about being the good shepherd and being prepared to lay down his life for the sheep. The danger for Jesus had already begun. If you flip back to the previous chapter in John's Gospel, it's a lengthy account of how Jesus healed a man born blind. And it's a long story because it goes on to record some of the reactions of the Pharisees. And in that reaction, the uh, dialogue that follows, we can see some of the seeds being sown for the conflict that grew between Jesus and the religious leaders, the conflict that eventually took Jesus to Calvary. Being a shepherd could be a dangerous occupation. The prophet Amos spoke about a shepherd rescuing two legs and a piece of ear out of a lion's mouth. And expressing the love of God for all turned out to be a very costly exercise for Jesus. He was the good shepherd who was willing to lay down his life to keep the sheep safe. And then there's a third strand in this passage. Writing about this passage in his commentary on John's Gospel, Kenneth Grayston makes a very interesting suggestion. He says, no one should read chapter 10 of John's Gospel without first reading the prophet Ezekiel chapter 34, preferably aloud and with passion. Underlying this theme of shepherding in Jewish teaching was the notion that God calls men and women to share in this task of shepherding. In Ezekiel's time, the religious leaders weren't making a very good job of shepherding the flock. And Ezekiel has some pretty harsh words to say about those who were supposed to be the shepherds to God's flock, but who ate the curds themselves, clothed themselves with the wool, slaughtered the choice animals, that didn't care for the flock. The very people who should have cared failed to do so. And in this chapter, notice how Jesus draws a distinction between those who are hired hands and those who own the sheep. Hired hands aren't necessarily concerned about the welfare of the sheep, probably more concerned about their pay packet at the end of the week. Recently, I was rereading something of the story of Robert Rakes. Rakes lived in England in the 18th century, 
He's the man who's credited with having begun the Sunday school movement. Robert Rapes became very concerned about the state of the majority of children in the city of Gloucester, their appalling conditions, their rough behavior, low morals and their spiritual emptiness. This of course was in the days when education was not compulsory and not available to many children. And along with a local teacher, Rakes set about starting on uh, schools on a Sunday to give education to many of these children and also an introduction to scripture and the good news of Jesus Christ. And both individuals and communities uh, experienced considerable transformation because of his work. And before long, similar work had begun up and down the country. The Sunday school movement had been born. Now, how does that story fit into these words of Jesus about being hired hands as opposed to sheep owners, you might ask? Well, if Rakes and his teacher colleague had simply been hired hands, they would have finished their work on Friday or Saturday evening, collected their pay, and enjoyed a day off on Sunday. But they had the heart of the Good Shepherd. They genuinely cared for some of these lost souls on their city streets, and they put themselves out at personal inconvenience to shepherd those lost souls. And true shepherding always takes us beyond the boundaries of contracts of employment and job descriptions to the covenantal care that Jesus demonstrated. As we move forward into post-lockdown days and start mixing with people more freely, I suspect that we shall find a part of society where people are fearful and timid, where there are many people who are damaged and broken, where there are many people who are isolated and who feel that they could drop off the edge of the world and not be missed much more so than 12 months ago. And that challenge to share in the work of the Good Shepherd will become very great. And our prayer should be that we might have the heart of the Good Shepherd.